The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well. But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms. We're America, your family, the land of liberty. We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America. Truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation Thanks to you We're living free We're a quilt of many colors And we breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country And America wants you It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his prestigious co-host. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray and this week's co-host. Welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is May 21st, 2013. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda Crater, President and CEO for TheVeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda, and prestigious Good morning, co-host. Gary. <laughs> All right. And, and everything's going good for you, Linda? Everything's well. I think we're all just very focused on Oklahoma and the tragedy yes. that occurred there yesterday, and we're praising a lot of veterans who are there helping right now. Yes, and I want to just mention that our hearts go out to all the victims for these unbelievable tornadoes. It's it's terrible, and now we're missing a lot of kids also, which is sad. Absolutely. Well, our first guest today is someone we had on a couple of weeks ago, but really didn't have time to talk about some of the wonderful things he's doing to help our heroes transition back to a normal life. Let's face it, programs like this cost money. So listen and help Jerry's program succeed with helping our heroes. The Veterans Support Center of America needs your help. Let's welcome Managing Director Jerry Black of Veterans Support Centers of America, also known as VSCOA. Welcome, sir. Hey, Gary. How are you doing? Good, good. And, you know, last time we had you on, it was a, a pretty pretty good show. I mean, you had a lot of information for us. But I realized that we there's a lot of information we missed, other programs uh, that you're offering and that you're trying to get started. Maybe yep, we, that's where we, can, where we can start, you know. Um, wherever you want to start, you go ahead and, and tell us about these, uh, you know, updated programs. Well, let's um, 
I'll first, I guess, give a kind of a brief recap for those uh, people in the audience that may be listening and didn't catch the, the first interview. Uh, Veteran Support Centers of America uh, is a um, nonprofit organization located out here on the eastern shore of Maryland that um, provides a number of programs to transitioning warriors. Uh, in other words, veterans that are coming back into our communities. Uh, we started off uh, a couple of years back with a small 10-bed shelter program that has then since grown into a transitional residence program. And there we house our, our homeless warriors uh, who primarily are disabled veterans that, that have become homeless. I know when I use that word homeless, a lot of people tune out. Uh, it's not exactly the warm and fuzzy cause that uh, a lot of people like to get behind. But when you're talking veterans and you're talking wounded warriors, um, this is a different group and class of people. Um, and uh, is, it's the group that we proudly serve. These are honorably discharged veterans, what we like to refer to as our homeless warriors. And uh, we've grown that program now. As I said, we now offer a 16-bed transitional residence program. We moved the program down to uh, a town south of uh, the original location called Quantico, Maryland, not to be confused with Quantico, Virginia. Um, we're located on a 50-acre campus down there, and that's allowed us to do a lot of things. And uh, I guess that brings us to uh, a number of the new programs that are either in development or are or, or now established down there. Um, we now operate um, uh, the first uh, shelter for female veterans. And when we say female veterans, that usually incorporates children. Um, I have yet to have a single female show up that didn't have uh, in tow uh, a couple of, of uh, children with her. Uh, we operate that program currently down at Camp Royal Oak, but we've teamed with another organization that's building a new facility in a nearby town that's actually located in town. It's one of the lessons learned that we found out down here in uh, the remote uh, rural regions is that when you're talking women with children, you need to be near services. And having them located 20 miles outside of town uh, might be good for a single male uh, veteran is not ideal when you're talking mom and kids. So we're partnered with the Christian Brooks Foundation, which operates, uh, by the way, the Vet to Vet Crisis Hotline, uh, Suicide Prevention Crisis Line. They're building a, an entirely new facility that uh, we will operate the program from, and that should be underway uh, July, August time frame. Um, and we're very excited about that because then we can do even more for our female uh, warriors who uh, are having dip difficulty transitioning back into society. As you know from our last conversation, Gary, this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, this is perhaps the most vulnerable veteran that we have out there. Uh, this program is going to succeed only through donations. There is no VA money uh, out there for our, this program at this time. Uh, so we need your help. We need you to go to our website at uh, viscoa.org and donate to, to help us get this program stood up. There is a critical need for these veterans all across our country. And it's a sad statement to say that we're the only female shelter program in the state of Maryland. And I've had this confirmed through several agencies. That, that alone tells you how glaringly big this issue is. And we do need your help. We are a rural provider. 
Uh, but I guarantee you, if uh, if and when we get this thing stood up over there in um, in a little town called Centerville out here on the eastern shore, uh, we'll we'll be seeing women that'll make the trek across the the Chesapeake Bay uh, to to be part of this program. Because you know we're we're successful at what we do. We're not, uh, and and I, I think I want to clarify this to our audience as well. We're not a shelter. I sometimes use that word, and I should get away from it. Uh, shelter implies uh, to a lot of people a flop house or a, you know you're in the bed at night and out in the daytime. This is truly transitional residence programs in which we're about 95% or better successful in helping those that want to succeed transition to permanent housing, meaningful employment, education, jobs, training, or other more long-term VA programs that will – you know, or do have the goal of getting that, that person uh, through whatever the issue is they're dealing with and then transition back to society, into society. So the female program is very near and dear to my heart right now. It's something that we're working very hard on right now. It's something that uh, needs, needs our audience support. Uh, again, uh, I know that if you're out in, in Ohio or out in Arkansas, you're wondering why should I or want, want to send dollars across the country to a small program out on the eastern shore. Please keep in mind that what we're developing out here is going to be a, a duplicatable program that we can partner with any other nonprofit that has a similar interest uh, we'll we'll take the program and we'll give you all the documentation. We'll even help you with our our corporate sponsors, which we're developing. We'll get all of that. We'll bring it to your neighborhood, and this is important. Any program that that is successful in really transitioning a person from a state of homelessness to a productive member of society is saving that community about three million dollars. Um, uh, if you have, say, like 50, 50 homeless people in your in your town or community, uh, I think the average is $60,000 per person to just shelter them or keep them on the streets, you know, doing ad hoc programs. If you can get them off the street, you can save about 85 to 90 percent of that number if you're working through this type of program that we offer because it's it's an end to a means and not just a perpetuation of a day-to-day process. If I'm making myself clear, maybe I did or didn't, but no, you the did, idea. Jerry. It's a phenomenal program. Can you talk a bit about how you use other resources to take people from entering your shelter and then transitioning them into the community with, as you mentioned, either healthcare, uh, job support, employment support, education support for the children? How do you use the other organizations to coordinate this uh, transition? Well, I tell you, it's it is a uh, community effort, and we use a lot of different service providers to make this happen. In fact, oftentimes I re- refer to us as the access point. But you know, when you're dealing with a veteran community, you've got a resource that most that no other civilian has, and that's the VA. Mm-hmm. And when you talk the VA, you're talking Veteran Affairs, and you're talking the Veteran Administration, and you're talking just a tremendous resource. However, when you're in the rural reaches, access is everything. I mean, you, it can be the golden nugget over there, but if you can't get to it, it's worthless to you. And that was the first thing that we found out uh, and learned here at, uh, out here in, in the rural area is you need or we need to be that, that access point. In other words, logistics is everything. You know, it can be a three-hour drive to a hospital from some points here in, in um, 
on the Eastern Shore, and I mean to a VA hospital. So if that's the case, your veteran isn't going to take that option, are they? So we need to make sure that they have access to their VA health care. Probably 50, 60 percent of the homeless uh, veteran that comes to our shelter uh, hasn't signed up for their VA health care benefits. This is huge. This is, this is a, a large driving force behind uh, a lot of the, uh, the issues that these, these veterans are facing is in their health care and in their mental health care. Mm-hmm. If we can get them plugged into the system, get them stabilized, they can make better decisions they can be, and they can move on. But if they're constantly spinning their wheels and they're constantly just using an emergency room uh, um, provider for, for services, then it ne- you never get out of the rut. And that's what perpetuates a lot of uh, homelessness on both sides of the tracks, in the civilian world or, the, or, the, or uh, in the veteran world. It's getting them that access. And that's the number one first priority that, that we do when we're working with our homeless warriors, getting them in, getting them, getting them connected. Get them into that VA system and find out what benefits they need as well as what health care needs they have, what mental health care needs they have. Get all of that down. Tell the veteran, take a breath. You know, it's on us right now. Let us be the driver. Let us get you and navigate you through the system because oftentimes that's even daunting. So after that, however, you know, you need our program provides access to the jobs training programs that not only the VA offers, but the Department of Labor offers. Uh, we've got an organization over here on the Eastern Shore through the DOORS program, uh, Lower Shore Enterprise, where we can retrain and, and, uh, and, and get the veteran new skills that may be more reliable to, to jobs in our particular community. We're a rural community, so having skill sets that maybe uh, – uh, are more applicable into a larger um, urban environment may not translate to jobs out here in, in rural uh, Eastern Shore, Maryland. So we work with that veteran, and it's all about figuring out what their needs are and then connecting them to the right service providers. Right. And the whole time they're with us, we're tracking daily. And that's a, another important thing. You just can't assume that, hey, we gave them a phone number, we drove them to the doctor's office, and we connected them up with this guy over here for a job. You can't assume that now all the pieces are there. You have to, you have to continuously work daily and monitor what's going on daily to, to make sure that we're tracking towards goal. And sometimes those goals, as you know, Linda, change once they begin Absolutely. to realize that – other opportunities are available to me or they begin to trust you more. And that's always the case of trust in the beginning. Um, you start to find out more of the story and then you realize, well, wait a minute. I've got more of a resource here that I wor- thought I was working with to begin with. Let me work with this, this veteran and see if these other avenues don't work. We just got one of our vets uh, just got signed up with the VREP program and is going to be going to a culinary school. Fantastic. So, um, you know, but when he first came in, it, that that wasn't there. We didn't know it, and he wasn't talking. Uh, just took a little while to get people, you know, get that person stabilized, get them to a point where they trusted us, and then we start tracking this goal, and I realized that this isn't really what he's after. What's, what is it that really makes his heart sing? And now I've got an inspired uh, veteran working towards uh, uh, that, that goal, a lifelong ambition, believe it or not, uh, of being, being a chef. So 
we're there for them, and that's what we want to do. And it's the same thing we'll be doing for our, our female veterans. All right. Well, it's that time. Uh, it's that time just to take a short break. But before we break, I want to remind everybody about an upcoming event, the Salute Military Golf Association, also known as SMGA, will be gearing up for the May 30th through June 2nd PGA Tournament, which is the 2013 Mid-Atlantic Championship. SMGA.org will be sharing tournament information on, frequent, on a frequent basis throughout the week. Our good friend and brother Charles Eggleston, warrior golfer and SMGA board member, will be competing in the Pro-Am on Wednesday, May 29th. Come out during the tournament week and support Charles and the many other warrior golfers. For more information, go to smga.org. I'm Gary Ray along with Linda Crater and our guest, Jerry Black. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join Gary Ray and his co-host as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. All right. Welcome back to the American Heroes Network. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, programs that we're going to put into effect, Jerry, right, for females. Female Absolutely. Vets. Now, Jerry, let me ask you. You said you're the only one in Maryland. What about other places throughout the U.S.? Are there organizations trying to put stuff together like this? There are, um, and they're, they're a mixture of, uh, you know, programs that have government help, uh, programs that are being set up by organizations such as ourselves that are, are just muscling through it and, and funding it themselves. Um, some of them are little more than what I like to refer to as the flop house. Others are more fully integrated uh, transitional residence programs. I think one of the big issues or one of the big lessons learned was um, – programs uh that try to do a co-ed um mm-hmm. 
try program. You know, they had a, um, a mail program that they were very proud of, and they figured, well, we'll, we'll, we'll open up a bed or two for the gals. Um, I think everybody's pretty much learned that's not not good. <laughs> uh, we never went down that path. Um, we were warned way in advance, but it didn't take a lot to convince me that that certainly wouldn't be the route to go. The female facility that we have down at Camp Royal Oak right now, while it's on the 50 acres, it's a separate three-bedroom home. So we've got the, the red line and the uh, chain link fence and the 50 cal machine guns there to keep everybody separate. <laughs> you know, Jerry, I love how you clue in on the specific personal needs of these veterans so that your services appear to have evolved truly based on your user needs, which I'm sure came in good stead as you began dealing with the female veteran. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. Um, as we developed... Uh, the program from what you know the basic emergency shelter, we began to learn what the needs were of the veteran and specifically how they um, view what help is if I can make that statement mm-hmm. um, the the you know the the veteran uh, the is the, there's a couple of different veterans out there and it 's all in in age range you have the younger vet that's coming out today. You have the, uh, the the veterans that are in their late 30s, early 40s, and these, and I'm still dealing with Vietnam veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to look at what the needs are. Now, with re- respect to the female veteran, and, and I like to circle back around to them, most of what I'm dealing with there uh, are what I would term the younger, the younger uh, gals that are coming out today, uh, maybe up to age 40. Um, and they they're uh, you know a horse of a different color they're you know I, I talked about trust issues before, but when you're talking about a female veteran uh there's absolutely no trust okay they've, there's been too much that's happened uh both while they were in the service uh and then once they discharged uh they and by by the way, and I'm sure you're aware of this Linda, but I'll let the audience know you know they're leading their male counterparts as far as suicide. Post and post-traumatic tr- uh, stress issues and homelessness. So while they're a smaller population, uh, unfortunately, they're outpacing the male population with re- with regard to these major major issues that are out there. So providing services to them through the outside agencies that we have access to is critical. Once and getting that trust, you know, doing sometimes it's just the small things. You say you're going to do something, then by God, do it. Show them that you did it, and then build on that. It's it's not always the big Hercules step that um, that wins the day for you. Sometimes it's uh, you said you were going to get a gallon of milk, and you came you came home with a gallon of milk. If you know what I'm saying. Oh, I think that is very very critical. I, I think when you have no trust whatsoever, and I've worked with several uh, groups of female veterans, you're absolutely right. Keeping your word is huge because in the past they've been very disappointed by those who did not. So that's fantastic. How do you work with the children and accommodate some of their needs as you're trying to help the female veteran? Well, as it would work out, and and I do believe God's led us through a lot of this, um, um, we ended up partnering with an organization called Maple Shade that provides mental health care services for children, particularly with children with behavioral issues. But when we came in with our veteran program, this is actually who we lease our facility from down in, in, in Quantico. 
So they're, they're in this thing up to their necks just as we are. So as soon as we bring a female in that's got children, we're connecting them up through Mapleshade, who has already got an extensive network throughout the social services world and other agencies. So in that regard, Linda, I was kind of lucky that I had a partner uh, in this process that knew exactly what to do uh, and could, could, you know, when looking at a child and the behavior of that child and what's going on with that child, they were able to zero in on it immediately and uh, address those issues right away. So we were very, very fortunate um, Wow, uh, that's a fantastic partner. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, we're very blessed in that regard, and of course they'll be a key part of of the program when we relocate it up into uh, the little town called Centerville out here. Um, It's it's going to be very exciting. I mean, you know, just as we learned a lot of stuff about the the uh, male veteran population, we're going to be learning a lot about these uh, warrior women here. Uh, which is new to everybody, you know, the VA, everybody. This is a this is something unique and different uh, in in the history of the United States that we're seeing now. Is is these warrior women that are out there defending their country and coming home now in droves? Um, how we're going to serve them? Because sadly, nobody is really geared up to meet the needs uh, of these females as they come back into our communities. Well, and they are often also the caregivers for their children for possibly other people in their families, they often find they have responsibilities that a single male vet may not have, which adds additional pressure. They sure do. In fact, um, the first female veteran that we ever dealt with, it was actually her mother and two children, and her smallest child, a baby of about 18 months, Mm. uh, had autism. So here we are thinking that uh, we're going to start serving single female veterans, and the first one through the door was mom, two kids, a child with autism, and the Navy vet. You know, it, it was quite um, a learning curve there on the front end there. So you're right. The, the the gals come through. I have yet to actually have just the single female vet come through the door. They always have additional responsibilities. And like all moms, it's about the kids first. And sometimes, you know, you got to get her in a place where she can help herself before she can really be helpful to others. And but getting across that hurdle, you know, you you got to make sure that she understands you're there for her, those children, and any other responsibilities that she has out there because uh, they do tend to take on a lot of baggage when they're when they're um, out there on their own. It's it's a Jerry. How do they find you? You know. Um, Fortunately, we had the mail program, uh, so we already had a network out there. And once we put the word out on the street that we were able to take care of, of the female veteran, uh, the phone lines just kind of lit up. Uh, again, it's a smaller population, so it's not like we were overrun with you know fifteen, twenty veterans all of it at one time. Um, but we work closely with the VA. We work closely with our service providers. We work closely with all of the uh, alliances and agencies that any rural network uh, will establish. In, in most communities, you'll see uh, organizations call themselves a, a, a homeless alliance, or they'll call themselves the tri-county this or that or what have mm-hmm. you in a rural area. Those, those agencies or those organizations are comprised of a lot of agencies that are out there dealing with uh, low-income communities, homeless communities, and they they're, that, that's your best resource. You want to go make friends with them right away because that's where the, the, the food pantries are. That's where the medical, free medical clinics are because sometimes 
Uh, I, you know, I bring a vet in, they're not wired into the VA system right away. I've got to get medical services. You know, you need to know where the free clinic is, particularly if mm-hmm. you got a mom, you know, with mm-hmm. a baby on her hip, you better be able to, uh, pick up the phone, dial a number and have something right away. So that's what we did. I mean, I, I guess, you know, we were lucky that we started out with the mail program first. That was really the biggest need on the Eastern shore. Actually, I say, actually, you know, Linda, let me make clear. We serve Southern Delaware, Eastern shore of Maryland and the Eastern shore of uh, Virginia. It's the really, the Mar- absolutely. That's what we're doing here. And it's about a third, third and a third in the population that's out there uh, currently at Camp Royal Oak. Uh, the last female veteran that came through the door was down out of Delaware. So um, veterans know no boundaries is what we like to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, out here on the Delmarva, that's, you know, we, that's who we are. We're not, we're not this county or that county. It's the Delmarva Peninsula. Wow. Fantastic program. And they can, people can donate by going to vscoa.org. Absolutely. 60% of our funding is through private funding, uh, and recently we took a big hit. So I see we're up on the break here, Gary. Uh, yes, we we do need to talk about that and some of the programs that we're trying to stand up now. Right. And, again, uh, it looks like, you know, you just have so much. You have tons of information, and, and the first hour wasn't enough, and this half hour was definitely not enough. You're just going to have to come back and let us know how this female uh, uh, housing is going to you know, turn out for you. And I have some ideas when I was thinking, when you guys were talking, I'd like to get together with you after the program and discuss a little bit about possibly uh, uh, looking for a national sponsor. But anyway, it's time to take our half-hour break. Um, Jerry, we want to thank you for sharing your time with us and for definitely helping out our heroes with your one-of-a-kind programs. You're uh, listening. Jerry, do you have any closing remarks? Um, we really do need to help. They're, the female program really is you know, 100% supported by the public, by our, by our communities. Uh, please help us to put this thing together because then we can bring it to your community. Yes, definitely. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join Gary Ray and his co-host as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Once again, be sure to support Jerry Black at vscoa.org. These programs are working. Allow me to introduce our second guest for the hour. He served in the U.S. Army in 1960 to 1980. He was a U.S. veteran, actually worked with the U.S. Veteran Administration, served as president for the American Federation of Government Employees. He is presently with the Retired Enlisted Association, also called TERRA, where he served as chaplain and also chapter president. He moved up to the National Board of Directors for TERRA in 2009 through 2010, and in 2010 through 2012 held a position of the national president for uh, TERRA. Let's welcome Arthur Cooper, sir. Welcome to the American Heroes Network. Thank you, thank you. Let me just correct something to start off with. Uh, you call it Terra. We call it TRIA, the Retired Enlisted Association. Uh, we serve throughout the United States and a few places abroad where we represent and advocate for all enlisted persons. Uh, any problem that might be coming up in the congressional atmosphere we're on top of it. We have what we call a legislative affairs office, and those persons that are employed there are top-notch. We're also members of the military coalition, which is a conglomerate of all of VSOs, veteran service organizations, and we work as a unit to do what's best for all the persons that have served and are currently serving. Um, we also have in our midst a thing that we call the Senior Citizens League because as we grow older, we're sure to be senior citizens. And those persons, although they are an affiliate of the Retired Enlisted Association, they're basically independent and they work on every problem that has to do with us growing old as seniors. Uh, those two entities are very important not only for the military personnel, military retired personnel, but for the spouses and others who are around, uh, just plain uh, old people. When I say old people, I'm talking about 50 and above. I'm not putting a category on anything because we start at 50 for the Senior Citizens League. Um, we have a lot of problems, a lot of problems that are not being addressed by complacency. And when I go there, I say that the military persons that we have retiring, those that have retired, refuse to contact their Congress personnel 
They may vote for them, but they don't say anything about what need be said or what need be done to represent them. I know as a retiree that there are many issues that uh, we run into that we cannot solve ourselves. We need some representation. And those persons that I said that work out of the LAO office do that. Those persons that work in the Senior Citizens League also do that. And one of the things that's coming upon us right now, and I just read this recently, is that DOD is on the verge of running out of funds for not only the military personnel, but those that are uh, have retired, that are using TRICARE, and et cetera. Uh, I find this hard to believe because we have given back to the to DOD for the past four or five years funds that were not used for our health care. And I can't understand how we can be so broke now. But that's beside the point. The point that I'm trying to make is that each and every senior citizen, every military retiree who's not of the great wealth category needs to contact their Congress personnel and let them know of their displeasure in the way things are happening. We worked 20 years or more for those of us that retired, to those of us that went and gave our time in wars. We worked for privileges that have been denied us, and I think it's time that we stand up as military personnel, as citizens of the United States, and let our voices be heard and tell everyone that this is what we need. We uh, heard the program prior to where we were talking about the veterans that are coming back now that are not being served, those that the programs that we, you are talking here of are serving. All of this should have come through the VA and the federal government. But it's great to know that we have organizations that are out here trying to ensure that every need is met. I, along with all the other speakers, agree that we must stand up for ourselves, stand up for our buddies, our comrades, and get a program that is of benefit to everyone and do it soon rather than late. I'm very interested. This is Linda. I am very interested on your website. You have a focus on veteran-owned businesses. Can you speak to how TRIA works to assist or support in that regard? Uh, What we have is a uh, number of groups uh, similar to what you were talking of earlier that will go in and assist any veteran with getting the proper everything that he needs or she needs to start a business. Uh, We even have uh, several that will sit down with the individual and help them work out a business plan so that they can present this to uh, whichever lending institution they would be going to. Uh, We don't do it per se ourselves, but we have the hookups, I'll use that term, we have the hookups that will assist in doing this. So all we need to know is that you want this, when you want it, where you are, what your names are, and et cetera, and we can get you in contact with those personnel that do this type of uh, enterprise. Okay. We, uh, uh, 
not as big as we would like to be, but we're reaching out to get even larger so that we can do more for our veterans and our enlisted persons. By the way, this was something I uh, failed to mention. Prior to me becoming president, uh, we had the words TRIA, which stands for the Retired Enlisted Association, and we are chartered by Congress. So we cannot change our name, but we can change the way we do business. That was done a, few, uh, a couple years ago. We changed our way we operate to TIA, the Enlisted Association. So anyone who has an honorable discharge, anyone who is enlisted and has an honorable discharge is eligible for membership. The only restrictions are that person or those persons would have to remain in good standing for three years. Then they will be elevated to regular membership and can run for any office in the organization. That starts with President O'Dow. So uh, we have united with USAA, and I'm sure uh, most of you are aware of what uh, privileges uh, come with being a member of USAA. So here again we have another place for our people to go and get assistance. Um, I'm looking to handle some questions. I guess I could do that better than just uh, continuing to talk. Okay. Well, uh, Cooper, we're just we just wanted to find out uh, what are some of the requirements necessary that you have to have to to join Tria. Uh, as I just said, the only requirement that is necessary to join Tria as an enlisted member, honorably discharged member, is to have a three-year honorable discharge. If you have that, you're eligible for membership. You will only be, uh, as a regular member, after you've completed your three years consecutively, and then you can occupy any office or run for any office uh, that you so desire. Uh, In September, we will celebrate our 50th anniversary And just a little bit more for history. Two master sergeants, Air Force master sergeants, decided that we had no voice in Congress. And that's where TRIA came in. They started it in Aurora, Colorado, and it has blossomed throughout the world. But the only prerequisite is that honorable discharge. If you do not have an honorable discharge, we can't accept you. You know, Coop, I'm fascinated. I'm on your website right now, which is tria.org, and I found a section about looking for buddies. And we have often found that peer networks, no matter the era that someone served, are truly helpful. And so you have a whole section where you have buddies archived and people looking for battle buddies. Can you speak to some of that and how those connections have helped folks? Well, if you uh, were to go on the uh, website, as you've said, Mm -hmm. and you have a unit, uh, Mm and you have the buddy's name and et cetera, and the time that you served and where you served, we can do a little research, and those persons that you said will be looking on to see where, those persons come on as well. We uh, ourselves will go ahead and do what we can to assist you in finding your buddy, if he, she still is living. Uh, we're able to address the archives so we can uh, pull up units and et cetera. Okay. 
That's, I see that you have buddy requests here, too. You have an ability to put in a buddy request for something specific. That's a very good service. Have people uh, embraced that as a way to connect to the organization individually? We have quite a number. As a, a matter of fact, I was looking through myself early on, and I decided I'd go ahead and try it out and see if I could find the guy that uh, I attribute to saving my life in Vietnam. And fortunately, mm-hmm. I was able to find him. So it is useful. A lot of people use it, and um, especially our membership. But it's not only open to the membership. It's open to the public. Okay? You do not have to be a member of TRIA, which we wish you would be, to utilize the services. Okay? You can go ahead and look it up and do whatever you want to with it, and there is no fee, no anything. Just do it. We want you to do it. And uh, while I'm talking, there's one other thing I'd like to mention. Uh, most veteran service organizations have what we call CAPWIS. CAPWIS are pre-written letters that any anybody can use to uh, speak to their congresspersons, uh, to the White House, any place else that you want to go. These are pre-written letters that all you need to do is just uh, download them, sign them, mail them, or send them through email. Okay. This is something to make communications with the people that are basically running our country much easier for all our membership and for all Americans, period. Okay. So anyone can use those. All right. If everybody can keep that thought, we're going to take a short break. I'm Gary Ray along with Linda Crater and our guest, Arthur Cooper. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join Gary Ray and his co-host as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And we're here with Arthur Cooper, um, part of uh, TRIA. And uh, when we were on break, we were talking a little bit about uh, some issues. And I gather uh, the veterans have issues. Is that correct, Cooper? Yes, it is. Uh, many, many veterans, not only in the state of Maryland, where I am currently, have problems getting the benefits that uh, do them. And once they go and apply, they're often denied, uh, stating that they don't have enough documentation, uh, this is too old, 
whatever. And I have uh, friends of mine that I've tried to intercede for that have been waiting for adjudication for over three years, okay, which is preposterous, but uh, Baltimore has one of the worst uh, records for adjudication in the nation, but that's still not an excuse. Uh, we need to find some way to get to the secretary and our congresspersons and find out why we can't hire people that's going to serve the veterans. The veterans have served us. We served and we did it proudly. But when we come back, especially now the younger troops that are retiring, are still having the same problem. And another phase that I thought was uh, corrected was when the veterans are adjudicated, coming from different branches of service, they're not adjudicated the same way. For an example, you get uh, a higher percentage if you were in the Air Force as opposed to the Army and the Marines, okay, for the same disability. So I think that need be corrected, and we get back on the right page. I was told by the Secretary that would be corrected. But I just had a problem here uh, a couple months ago. A parishioner of mine from a church passed. Her husband had been dead for four years. He spent three tours in Vietnam. The civilian doctor that uh, wrote his death certificate put on the death certificate liver slash prostate cancer. He was the breadwinner for that family. For the four years that she lived prior to her death, she received no compensation at all. Okay? And this, I think, is a total atrocity for our VA system. So we need to find some ways that we can get in and rectify, get things put on a proper field so everyone receives the same benefits that are due. Okay? That's the first thing. Second thing, we should not be waiting forever to be adjudicated. And lastly, uh, when we go with that, when a person, a veteran, comes into a VA facility seeking help, he, she, should be greeted and treated with respect. And at no time should anyone be allowed to talk down to them or belittle them. That's personal from Coop, and I believe that it should go worldwide wherever the VA is represented. Coop, as yes. people are, as these older veterans are seeking uh, care, as you are expressing the needs for, does TRIA offer veteran service officers to help them walk the walk? We have uh, a veteran service officer, but we do not have the number of persons that we would need to be around the nation to mm -hmm. do this veteran service. But what we do, we direct them or take them to uh, VFW or um, AMVETS uh, and have those persons assist because they are trained in taking care of the uh, paperwork and et cetera, where we haven't been able to train anyone in that field. Uh, but we're working on it and Due to the lack of numbers and finances, we just can't take on that added responsibility. Okay, thank you. All right. So let me ask you, earlier, Coop, you were mentioning about uh, when somebody joins you, you're also working together with uh, USAA, correct? Is They offer members a benefit, don't they? 
And any, and I'll just go ahead and extrapolate on that a little bit. Any member that joins us, any member that joins us, is eligible to join USAA. And by doing such, uh, they offer the credit card, the insurances, and uh, several other things. The uh, planning, financial planning, uh, just a whole conglomerate of things they offer. Each time an individual joins TRIA, picks up a uh, credit card, we'll just use that for uh, simplification, picks up a credit card, TRIA gets a certain stipend for them getting that, which helps our overall operation. Uh, most organizations do something similar because this is another way, since none of us are really jumping out of the market in recruiting, uh, is a way to sustain us and keep us moving. Um, TRIA has had not used MOAA, uh, no, USAA in a long time. And we were brought on board uh, last year, early part of last year. And it's been uh, very good for us. The relationship has helped us to grow a bit. So uh, it's good so far. And hopefully it gets nothing but better. Uh, as far as TRIA goes, we had we don't have the same luxury as MOAA, which is the Military Officers of America Association. When you're a lieutenant in the military, you're expected to join that fraternity uh, fraternity organization. If you want to move up, you're going to be a member. In the enlisted ranks, we don't have such an animal. We have to try to get out and beat the bush the same as the recruiters do and see if we can't pull people in. Okay. And no one is recruiting like we did when uh, I was 30 years younger. Okay. All right. That's right. Well, we only have about a minute left, um, uh, Cooper. So what I'd like to do is thank both of our guests, uh, Arthur Cooper and Jerry Black, for taking this time out of their busy schedule to be with us today. Now, Mr. Cooper, do you have any words for our listeners before we go? The word any? I would have is if you don't belong to a veteran service organization, please join one. I would hope that you would join TRIA, but if you don't, join a VSO. Together we can get things done in Washington. And God bless all of you, and God bless America. And, and they can reach, they go, go to tria.org uh, and find out more information. Uh, Linda, you have any closing remarks? No, I'm just glad that we can provide an opportunity to spread the word about the services that TRIA does offer. And um, thank you very much, Coop. It was a pleasure to meet you. Mine. All mine. All right. And you guys be blessed. Well, we appreciate you your too. time there. Again, this, my name is Gary Ray, along with Linda Crater, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.